We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. dive into topic number two today and we'll get into the Notre Dame defense and today's topic is going to be about how good was the Notre Dame defense this past season how good can it be how good does it need to be and one of the topics that comes up and has come up a lot that is probably I would argue the most debatable topic about this team on defense in 2022-3 was, was it a good enough pass rushing team? And I've kind of been back and forth on this, and I think at different times in the times of the season it got better. But I think what we saw this season from Notre Dame was the defense to take a big jump in some very important areas. And, and those areas were a team that was good at pressuring the opponent and a team that was really good at being disruptive. And if you remember, that was one of kind of our big issues about this team in the past was they weren't a super disruptive football team in 2022. You know, they, they weren't a team that had a lot of, you know, I think they, then they get the first turnover to like something crazy like week six or I think BYU was the first time they forced a turnover, something like that in the season or at least first interception during the season. And, and so you looked at the team and you say, man, like, there's some talent to work with, but they just kind of felt a little disappointing in 2022. Then they come out in 2023 and things start to change a lot for this football team. And you start to see them on defense be really good. And for the most part, they were pretty good in, in the big games with the exception of Clemson when it came to really being productive at putting pressure on the opposite, the opposition. And so I started thinking about like, okay, there's this notion that because the the defense did not, produce a lot of sacks that they weren't good at rushing the quarterback. And it was interesting because what was wild about it is like last year's team was pretty good in sacks. But one of the things that we talked about was how I I just felt like they weren't quite as good as their numbers dictated last season. And so it, it was one of those weird things where, I felt the numbers were inflated. I felt they had some big numbers against some teams that weren't very good. 
but in the games that mattered, they 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 didn't step up and play. And this year, I kind of felt like they were a lot more consistent. They were a lot more disruptive, even in some of the bigger games when the the uh, the offense would allow it. Like you look at the Clemson game, the pressure numbers weren't very good. But a big part of that, if we're being honest, was the fact that you know this football team just I mean they just what was disappointing about it is because it was an offensive thing they just never let them get back in that game and I thought that was a, a big part of what kind of struggled with them but then I started thinking like okay well how does Notre Dame really stack up against the other the other teams in the schedule because I do think being a pressure defense is important in today's era I've said for years sacks are a good stat, but they're not the end-all, be-all. They can be very misleading. You could have four sacks in a game and not be a very good pass rushing team in that game. You know, you got a late second quarter, you know, quarterback trying to throw a Hail Mary from his own 35 sack, scrambling around trying to buy time. You get a third and 12 sack, covered sack. You know, you get you know, you know, get an end-of-game sack when the game was, you know, over. That you weren't very – because you weren't consistently putting pressure on the quarterback. To me, a pressure defense is one – that harasses the quarterback and harasses the run game. And we'll get into the run game at the end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But from a harassing the quarterback standpoint, I think we saw this team take a big jump. Key number one, let's be honest, let's get this out of the way now, is because they had a great secondary, especially at cornerback. You can't do the thing schematically that Al Golden did this season is, is, is because – you had Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart. We're seeing it today. You know, everybody's, everybody, all these people down at the senior bowl today are just raving about how good Cam Hart is and their shot. Oh my gosh, where'd this guy come from? And I'm like, guys, we've been talking about that for a year and a half, how good this guy was, you know, how, how dominant he was and those type of things. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, there's a tweet that just got tweeted out by Matt Jensen and Notre Dame and they, they did the day one speed leaders. Remember how we have all talked about how good, you know, Peyton Wilson is. 
Peyton Wilson had the number two speed time at today's today's practice during practice. He had a 19.09 miles per hour. The number two guy was a kid from Georgia State at 18.44 miles per hour. You know who number one is? J.D. Bertrand at over 20 miles an hour today. And so we're seeing all these things, right? But, like, we talk about, like, guys, Notre Dame had talent on the perimeter. They had speed. They could run. They could cover. And that allows you to be more aggressive. Well, Notre Dame's in position to continue that in 2024 and beyond. But the second part of it was you had a much better pressure package from the linebackers, but the pressure package, to me, only works unless you have just an elite linebacker just line up on the edge. But it only works – if your defensive line is disrupting, if your defensive line is getting solo blocked or your defensive line's not getting penetration or, or not getting a push, because like, you know, I could come off and I could engage with you and I, my job is to eat up a block and then the guy's going to come off me and get in the B gap. But if I'm just sitting there and that guard and that center are locked with me and I'm not going anywhere and that guy comes on his loop around me, it's easy for them to pass that off and get over there. But if I'm coming on that double team and I am pushing you back or I've split that gap and the guard or center that's got to come off to get the linebacker has had to turn his hips because I beat him inside or I got my arm inside and I was able to turn his hips, he's not getting off that block and getting to my blitzing linebacker. And so you need to be disruptive in that regard because, yes, it'll result in sacks at times, but more so it results in a lot of different stats that are measured – that that. You have to be able to look at and say, hey, are you cre- are you creating a lower completion percentage than you did in the past? You know, Notre Dame, as I mentioned, had 10 fewer. I believe it was 10. Let me just make sure. I, I'm, let me put that number up real quick and make sure that I'm correct on that. I don't want to give you guys bad information. Uh, so Notre Dame this year had 31 sacks. Last year they had 38. So they had seven fewer sacks this season than they did last year. However, the difference was – this year, they were far more disruptive. And when you look at the different numbers, there's obviously the pressure numbers I'm going to get into from Pro Football Focus that talks about sacks and hits and overall pressures and things like that. There's pass breakups are part of that. Completion percentage is a part of that. In 2022, as we talked about, Notre Dame was a very inconsistent pressure team. Bad linebacker pressure team just would, would have all these pressures and they just don't get to the quarterback. They don't affect the quarterback. You had all these quarterback scrambles happening. And they allowed teams to complete uh, passes at a 58.7% clip last year. So teams are at almost 60% completion percentage last year, which if you look at the numbers, that ranked Notre Dame all the way down to 45 last season. This year, however, because they had a much improved pressure package, they still had great secondary. They had a very good secondary the year before. But this year, opponents only completed passes at a 52.4% percent rate that's a that's a six over six percentage drop this season for Notre Dame and a lot of that has to do with yes your corners are very very good but a lot of that also has to do with the fact that you're doing a lot more uh, you're you're a lot more disruptive your pressures are resulting in more turnovers more interceptions more pass breakups in 2022 Notre Dame's defense in 2022 a team that was inconsistent enough to the quarterback had more sacks but they only had 10 interceptions last season this year if you look at Notre Dame's defense they had 16 interceptions now let's let's look at that also in 2022 opponents attempted 395 passes this year, they only attempted 372. So on 23 fewer passes, Notre Dame had six more interceptions as a team. 
And you talk about how great the corners are for Notre Dame, and they are. They're an outstanding group. But their cornerbacks this year were not the reason for that. Benjamin Morrison only had three picks. Cam Hart had zero picks, right? It was linebacker, safety, Xavier Watts. And, and if you go back and look at Xavier Watts, a couple, few, several of his interceptions, it was him being in the right place and being a, a great player, but it was a pressure. One of his interceptions, I think it was the second interception of the season against US. It was the first thing at USC. I think it was only his second of the year. The tight end's wide open down the middle of the field. But because the pressure got to Caleb Williams, he has to try to float the ball, sails the tight end, Benj- or Xavier Watts is there to pick it off. So you have more interceptions. So fewer completions, more interceptions. Last year in 2022, Notre Dame had 24 pass breakups. This year, Notre Dame had 48 pass breakups. So far fewer dropbacks, far fewer attempts, twice as many breakups, six six interceptions more than you had a year ago, right? So you start to see it more disruptive, fewer sacks, more disruptive. So that got me thinking, okay, that's a good sign, right? Like, all right, feel good about it. Now we've got to keep it going and all that. But I was like, but how does that stack up? Like sometimes when you cover a team, you can, or you're a fan of a team, like you all are, you don't really watch all the other teams and you maybe only watch the big games. You say, boy, that team had a, you know, a great, great pass rush that game. They must be great. And Notre Dame only have this. So I was like, well, let me compare what Notre Dame did to the other top teams in the country. And who are the other top teams, right? You have the three playoff teams. Obviously, you have Michigan, Washington, Alabama, or four playoff teams, Texas. And then the next three teams, Ohio State, Georgia, and Florida State. I think we could all agree that those are the best teams in college football right now. You could throw Oregon in there, but to me, they're, they're not quite there yet. But let's let's look at this. And, and this, is, this was fun putting this together. So this right here is from Pro Football Focus. Shout out to them. I've said to you all before, don't look at their grades, but – but do pay attention to their data collection more so. So this is what this this all means. DB refers to dropbacks. What is the number of dropback passing plays that the opposition had? Right, it's not pass attempts, but it's dropback passing plays. Then it's the, what what Pro Football Focus has is the number of sacks, the number of hits on the quarterback. So that's when a pa- when a pass rush ends with a, a physical hit on the quarterback, and then it's the S plus H is sacks plus hits, and then it's total pressures. And so I went through and I counted every team's pressures according to Pro Football Focus because they don't do this. You have to actually manually do this because they don't, they don't, I wish they did like do team stats. But if you look at it this year and you see how Notre Dame stacks up, Notre Dame in this category only had three teams that had more sacks than them this year. Michigan had six more, Alabama had 10 more, and Florida State had 13 more. If you look at the numbers over there, Notre Dame had fewer dropbacks. Then you look at hits on the quarterback. Nobody in this group had more than Notre Dame. Florida State was close on what that would be, 65 more dropbacks. Um, Washington had was also close. They had only three fewer than Notre Dame, but that is on 226 more dropbacks. And then if you look at the sacks plus hits, only Florida State had more than Notre Dame did, who had total sacks plus hits on the quarterback, had 12 more than Michigan despite playing two fewer games and having it would be 66 fewer dropbacks. And then total pressures, Notre Dame was tied with Washington this year for fourth on this list. Texas had 294, Notre Dame had 267. Those are very, very good numbers. And so, but you look at it, you say, well, you know, in some areas, Notre Dame is, is, is well behind Florida State, for example. Okay, well, let's look at some other areas that, that factor into this. Let's look at disruptions. 
This is also part of it. So hits on the quarterback is is the was where it begins, right? How many sacks, how many pressures, how many disruptive plays you're getting from your front, from your linebackers, and then what's the result in that? Okay, let's look at this. And this year, Notre Dame had 48 breakups. That ranked 47th. This is an NCAA stat. Uh, these these next few are NCAA stats, not pro football focus stats. The deep dropbacks is Notre Dame had 48 pass breakups. Okay, that's not great. You had several teams. All actually, Notre Dame was the lowest here. In interceptions, they were tied for second most. Enforced fumbles, that's another disruptive stat. They were second in college football this year with 18 forced fumbles. Now they got to do a better job of recovering some of those fumbles, but they forced a lot. And then total turnovers, they ranked 13th. They were tied for second with all these other teams. So then I was like, okay, but it's hard to really gauge that because when you look at the number of dropbacks, you can't look at it without context, right? So if Notre Dame has 48 breakups, that's a total of 64 total passes defensed. Where I'm looking at like Washington, they had 70 just breakups. You know, Florida had 80 just breakups. And he said, okay, well, well, how does Notre Dame stack up on a per snap basis? Well, guess what, folks? I did that for you. So we went and looked at that at that production. And I'm gonna blow this up a little bit. And we'll have to kind of scroll up and down as we kind of go through this. So I what I did was is I took the number of of plays per per snap, you know, production per snap, and then put it at the same rate of the team that I'm going to compare them to. And what, what does that look like? So I took, you know, Notre Dame's number of sacks, you divide it by 429 snaps, then you multiply it by 495, which is the number of Michigan had. That's how you get to the number you get to. Okay. So if you look at Notre Dame's produ- disruption rate this season, if you expand it to the na- same number of dropbacks that Michigan's defense had, Notre Dame ties them in sacks. They have 26 more hits on the quarterback a total of 26 more sacks plus hits and 32 more pressures. If you look at the the rate compared to Washington, because like Washington's got good numbers, but Washington did it on way more snaps, pass snaps this season, right? If you put the same number of snaps, Notre Dame has 34 more sacks than Washington. They would rank number one in the country. And the rank is what the rank would be if they had that same number of snaps and got to that production. So when you look at Notre Dame, for example, they would have ranked seventh in total sacks, second in hits on the quarterback, second total sacks plus hits, and and that would have been behind UCLA, and then first in total pressures. Okay, If you look at pass rush against Washington, they would have ranked number one in sacks, 34 more than Washington, also 31 more hits on the quarterback, also would have ranked first. They would have had 140 total sacks plus hits. Just so you all know, the team that led college football this year was UCLA with 111. And then Notre Dame would have had 140 more pressures. The next, nobody got to 300 pressures this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Nobody got to 300. Actually, let me me look up the most. I think I have it on my computer here. I want to look up that number. I think it was like 295 was the most total pressures this season. Yes, UCLA had 295. Texas was second with 294. And then, of course, Notre Dame at 267. But if you look at Notre Dame's number on a per-snap basis with those other teams, in every instance, they would have led college football in total pressures. They would have ranked first or second in – this is this graph. I'm going to go down to the others, and you'll see it. I think it was everybody except for Ohio State because Ohio State had the same number of dropbacks. But in every other instance, except Ohio State, Notre Dame would have ranked first or second in total pressures and plus hits, plus sacks on a quarterback. Just to give you an idea of how disruptive they were on a per-snap basis. You see the numbers against Alabama, right? If they had the same number of dropbacks, they would have had five fewer sacks than Bama. 
but 24 more hits on the quarterback, 19 more total sacks plus hits, and 48 more total pressures than Bama at the same per snap rate. Texas had a very disruptive defense this year. Their D tackle won the Outland or Lombardi. Was it Outland Trophy, right? Over Joe Alt. Probably shouldn't have. But if you look at Notre Dame's production on a per snap basis and you project it to what Texas had, Notre Dame might have had, would have had 19 more sacks, 35 more hits, 44 more sacks plus hits, and that'd be what? Uh, be 62 more total pressures than Texas had this season. Let's look at these other teams. Ohio State. As, we, as I showed already, Ohio State and Notre Dame had the same number of dropbacks. Notre Dame already had 10 more sacks. They already had – this is just raw numbers. So Ohio State's the one that you look at and says raw numbers, okay, just raw numbers, because they both had the same number of dropbacks. So you didn't have to change Notre Dame's at all. This was the, the easy one for me. Notre Dame had more, 10 more sacks on the quarterback, 20 more hits on the quarterback, 30 total sacks plus hits on the quarterback, and they had 63 more pressures than Ohio State's defense, which was pretty good this year. Right. Then you compare it to Georgia. If you look at Notre Dame's numbers compared to Georgia's, they would have had 11 more sacks, 36 more hits on the quarterback, 47, I believe is the number there off the top of my head, 47 more six plus sacks plus hits, and 81 more total pressures. And then the big one is so this number down here is incorrect um, for Florida State. That's my apologies. Uh, I, I forgot to change that one number. But if you look at the overall numbers compared to Florida State, who had a great pass rush this year, Notre Dame would have had seven fewer sacks, nine more hits on the quarterback, so two more sacks plus hits. They would have been only behind UCLA in total sacks plus hits, who you had 111, but they still would have led the nation in total pressures. They would have had 14 more total pressures than Florida State. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This what this does is this gives you a sense of just how disruptive Notre Dame was this season on a per snap basis uh, from from looking at it from the standpoint of of what their pass rush looked like. So like during the season, you know, people would like listen to Marcus Freeman talk about you know, hey, you're not getting sacks, you're not getting sacks, and Marcus Freeman would say, hey, I don't, I don't really judge it by based on sacks. Sacks are good, but I've I've said sometimes sacks aren't good. Perfect example that pops off the top of my head. Do you remember the pressure that that Howard Cross had against Tennessee State? I believe it was Tennessee State, where he's dropping quarterbacks drops back. Howard Cross kill, crushes this dude, gets to the quarterback. Quarterback has to off his back foot, launch a ball down the field, sails it. Ramon Henderson comes across the field, dives and makes an interception. That doesn't happen if he sacks the quarterback. The first drive against USC, first drive of the game. 
right? USC sitting there. Let me let me get the down and distance on that one because I want to I want to I want to lay this scenario out for you and kind of kind of prove my point of why sacks are fine, but sometimes when a, a, a pressure that doesn't end in a sack can be better for you than the other way around. So USC sitting there, they just converted a third and eleven. Caleb Caleb Williams drops back first down gets pressured. I think it was Javante Jean-Baptiste sails the ball to the tight end. Xavier Watts picks it off, runs it back to the 12-yard line, sets up a Notre Dame touchdown. Let's say Caleb Williams would have done what he probably should have done, which is eat the ball and take the sack. Hey, I I can't get this ball off the way that I need to get this ball off. Okay, take the sack. Okay, now it's second and 18. They end up punting. Notre Dame takes over, 0-0, but they're probably in their own territory. Okay, that's good. You got to stop. You, you you forced a punt from Caleb Williams, but what's better, that punt or the pressure that resulted in a rushed throw that, it, that instead of a wide open tight end catching the ball ends with Xavier Watts picking it off and, and bringing it back, right? So those are things you have to look at and say, pressures are good. You look at the last interception by Benjamin Morrison. I've talked to somebody at Notre Dame about this. They had seen him when he rolls left, when he's pressured, he will always try to make a certain throw. And Notre Dame baited him into that. Benjamin Morrison stood right on the sideline and baited Caleb Williams into that. And when he threw it, that's why – That's if you ever go watch that replay, Benjamin stands on the sideline. He's looking right at Caleb. But as soon as Caleb starts to throw, Benjamin jumps inside because he knew where the ball was going. They had scouted it out. If we can get him to roll left, he is going to try to throw this route. And they baited him. That's great scouting. But here's the thing: that only that wasn't a play by the Notre Dame defense. That was a if we pressure him and get him to roll left, be aware of this. You had to have the pressure first. And so those are things you look at and say, this is this is why it's about pressure. It's about consistent pressure. And and Notre Dame this season was a more consistently disruptive football team. We talked about it, and you compare it to last year. I, I, I said last year, Notre Dame had more sacks. They did. Notre Dame last season had 38 sacks compared to 31 in the national standpoint, but even pro football focus had them down for more sacks last year. They had them down for 46 compared to just 39 this year. But last year, Notre or this year, Notre Dame had 53 hits on the quarterback and 267 total pressures. Last year, Notre Dame had only 225 total pressures, only 38 hits on the quarterback, right? And so, and, and that was on a lot more attempts. Teams attempted, I think it was about, I think about 40 or 50 more attempts, or I mean, excuse me, dropbacks last year, where this year there was, and it was 25 fewer pass attempts. There was like, I think it was like 50 or 60 more dropbacks last year than this year. So even on fewer dropbacks, Notre Dame was a far more disruptive team on overall pressures, not just sacks, but overall pressure. So you had six fewer sacks this year, but you had you had uh, 53 hits on the quarterback compared to just eight last year, or 38 last year. So you had, what was that? Let me look at the number again. It's 53, 38, that's 15. So you had nine, few, nine more total hits on the quarterback, but you had way more pressures. You had 40... Was it 42? What was the number that I just gave you all last? It was 225. So it was 42 more overall pressures on fewer dropbacks. That's going to result in more disruptions, lower completion percentage, more pass breakups, more interceptions, more forced fumbles, 
all those things are going to be better. And so to me, when you look at Notre Dame's success this year, uh, that's a big part of it. And, and where did the success come from? One of the big things was, is you, you, you know, your D line was pretty good, but your D line was very comparable to what it was last year. So if you look at the numbers, like the big jump didn't necessarily come from the defensive line. I think from a total pressure standpoint, you know, you had some guys that were, were good at getting pressure on the quarterback last season. I think this D line was more consistently good at it than last year's was. You know, this year you had Howard Cross had 39. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste had 38 total pressures, but Howard Cross had eight total hits on the quarterback, sacks plus hits. Javante Jean-Baptiste had 16. Well, last year Isaiah Foskey had 15. J- Justin Adamiola had nine. Ray Mills had nine. His total hits. Jason Adamiola had eight. Jordan Patel had seven. This year, you know, again, eight, 16, 12, uh, seven from your Viper. You know, f- uh, see here, one from Gabriel Rubio, two from Jason Onye, six from, from Nana. The big difference this year was because the defensive line just was more disruptive, even though the, the, the total numbers of pressures weren't significantly better, the total number of hits on the quarterback weren't significantly greater, they were more disruptive, which to me also then made the linebacker pressures more effective. Now they, had, they ran some different pressures this year, and, and Al Golden did a really nice job defending, you know, designing things this year. Like there was improvements. I don't take this anything away from Al Golden and the staff. They designed some stuff better, but it all started because of how good they were up front. And so what you saw was a huge difference in linebacker production in the past game. And let me give you some of these numbers because this is was this is what really stood out to me. So this past season or in 2022, you're you're you look at starting linebackers. JD Bertrand had 15 pressures, six hits on the quarterback. This season, JD Bertrand had 30 pressures and 11 hits on the quarterback. So so fit twice the pressures and almost twice the hits on the quarterback. Maris Leofowl last year had 11 pressures and only one hit on the quarterback. Maris Leofowl had – and he pat, he blitzed 112 times last year. Maris did. 112 times. And in those 112 times, he only got to the quarterback – he only got a pressure 11 times, only hit the quarterback once all year, according to Pro Football Focus. This year, Maris blitzed 129 times, which is only eight to 17 more. But in those pressures, he had 25 total pressures on those pass rushes. Again, only 17 more total pressures, 129 to 111. But he had 14 more, or excuse me, pass rushes, 14 more pressures. Last year, he got one hit on the quarterback, one. This year, he had nine. That's a big jump. Last year, Jack Kaiser, uh, last season, had six total pressures on on 31 pass rushes. This year, Jack Kaiser had 40 pass rushes, but he doubled his pressure numbers. He went from 6 to 12. Last year, Jack had, let's see, six hits on the quarterback. There's only five. So he didn't have as many hits, but he did have more overall pressures. And then this year, you had Jalen Sneed, who had 12 pressures and four hits on the quarterback this season. So overall, your linebacker production on the ball or on the quarterback was far greater than it was last season. And, and a big part of that, again, as I, as I said – is not just the linebackers were better. That's part of it. But a big part of it was your defensive line was more disruptive. It was far more disruptive, which then, because I said this before, like we, we've broken this down before. If, if I'm at the D line and I'm engaging at the line of scrimmage, 
then you've got to and you get through the line as the linebacker, you're still six, seven, eight yards away from the quarterback. And there's no the quarterback can throw hot off you and get, but when the D line pushes the offensive line back, now when JD Bertrand gets through that line, he's two, three yards away from the quarterback. That's disruption. May not end in a sack, but it's more disruption. And so when you look at it, it, it really kind of, it really shows you when, when you break these numbers down that Notre Dame was one of the most disruptive defenses in all of college football on a per snap basis. They face fewer plays this year. That's what happens when you stop people and you force as many turnovers as they do and 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 those things, right? So when you when you're dominant like they were. So they pass rush wise, this was an elite defense. The numbers back that up. You know, somebody the other day said that they didn't think Howard Cross should be considered a, a, an elite college defensive player because he didn't have enough sacks. And you, you, you got to point that out again. That's why you shouldn't focus on the number. Howard Cross this year as a nose tackle, as a nose tackle, had six more pressures this season as a nose tackle than Isaiah Foskey had in 2022. And he had, a, let's see, 30, he had six more pressures than what Isaiah Foskey had in 2021. So two years of Isaiah Foskey, he never had as many pressures on the quarterback, total pressures as Howard Cross did. Now, did he have as many sacks? Of course not. He's a nose tackle. But what that led to was a lot more disruptive play from your teammates. Other guys getting sacks because you forced the quarterback out of the pocket. Guys getting interceptions because you forced an early pass. Forcing incompletions. Forcing pass breakups. All those things are happening because of your pressure. And then when you look at Riley Mills, for example, and, and you look at the production he had this season compared to what it was, you had two guys up the middle that were disruptive for Notre Dame. Riley Mills this year had 32 total pressures. That's the that's one fewer. That's why I always laugh when people say, oh, Riley Mills isn't a real disruptive guy. Riley Mills this year had one fewer pressure than what Isaiah Foskey had last year in the same number of pressures that Isaiah Foskey had in 2022, 2021. Right? That's from a defensive tackle, Right? And, and so obviously Riley had a big jump in production from where he was in 2022, but you had your two inside defensive linemen had 71 pressures on the quarterback and had Riley had 12 total hits on the quarterback. Howard had eight and Howard did that on over 80 more pass rush snaps. So Riley on a per snap basis was Notre Dame's most impactful starting defensive lineman on a, on, from a pressure standpoint. 32 pressures on 258 pass rushes. And I just talked about how, how that's more than what Isaiah Foskey had. Isaiah Foskey last year had his pressure numbers. He had th- 33 pressures last year. Riley Mills had 32 this year. Howard, Isaiah Foskey was on 311 pass rushes last year. Riley Mills was on 258. So you talk about just the, the overall disruption and, and just the production he had. He had 12 hits on the quarterback this year on 258 pass rushes. Isaiah Foskey had 15 last year on 311 total total pass rushes. So, again, you talk about the, the overall production was just outstanding from your up, uh, up the middle. It was really, really outstanding. And that's something to get excited about, especially since they come back. And here's the other thing. They did all that with a huge drop-off from the, from the Viper position. Huge drop off because all those numbers I just gave you about Isaiah Foskey, which are, which are good numbers. Don't 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 get it twisted. I'm not downplaying Isaiah Foskey at all. Isaiah Foskey was a, was a productive football player for Notre Dame, but that was all from the Viper position. 
this year, if you look at Jordan Patelho, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. It's a very, very disappointing season. The starting Viper for Notre Dame only had 18 total pressures the entire season and only had seven uh, hits on the quarterback. Uh, three of those 18 pressures and two of those hits on the quarterback came in the bowl game. The other two hits on the quarterback, he had a second hit on the quarterback, uh, came against Tennessee State. So four of his seven came in two games. That's not good enough. Your starting Viper had one, two, three, four, five games. Five games, you had zero pressures. And another two games, you only had one pressure. Right? So you did all that with nothing from your Viper. Nothing from your Viper. And it's not like your backup Vipers were a whole lot more disruptive. Uh, Josh Burnham only had seven total pressures this year, only on 87 total pressures. And then Junior Chilamak only had four. So your, your, start, your top three Vipers only had 29 total pressures this season. You got way more than that from the Viper position last year because not just Foskey, but also the snaps Justin Adamiola provided and, and Jordan Patelho provided last season. So the thing you start saying, well, you know, how, how can they get better? Well, one way they can get better, in my opinion, is if everybody else just kind of repeats what they did last year and the Viper position is better. I mean, Jordan Patelho in, in 2022 had 18 pressures as well. Same number he had this year. Here's the difference. In 2022, he had 77 pass rush snaps. In 77 pass rush snaps, Jordan Patelho had 18 pressures and seven hits on the quarterback. This season in 227, 150 more pass rushes, the same exact number of pressures and the same exact number of hits on the quarterback. So if that position starts getting more production, just I mean, and not even Foskey numbers, just give me a 50% jump of what you had last year, that's going to make it a lot better. And if you also look at pro football focus numbers and you look at what Notre Dame is going to lose and then what they're adding – that starts to make you, you know, feel a little bit better. Jordan, Josh Burnham going into year two is obviously, I think, going to is, in my opinion, is is poised for a jump in production this year. I'm very excited to see what Josh Burnham can do this year. If your interior players simply just repeat what they did last year, and then you're adding a guy in RJ Oban, who this past season had 27 pressures and 13 hits on the quarterback, and only 243 pass rushes, and and has. This was actually, I think, lower than what he had in previous years, if I remember correctly. Yeah, last year he had 37 total pressures, nine hits on the quarterback. The season before that in 2021, he had 29 pressures, six hits on the quarterback. So you're bringing in a guy that's that's in line with kind of what you've had at that big-end position this past year under Javante Jean-Baptiste. You're bringing in a guy that's had comparable production in the last each of the last three years. And so you say, hey, they're they're poised to do that. Now, there's an area where I think they still need to get better, however. And here's where I would say, number one, I want to see more of this type of disruption against the run. That's, that's to me, still where this defense isn't where it needs to be. The pass rush stuff is great. But imagine how good the pass rush will be if they can force teams into even more passing situations. They've got to get better against the run. That's going to be a big, big key for Notre Dame because I just showed you from a pass rush standpoint on a per-snap basis, Notre Dame is as good as any of the top teams in the country from last year, any of them. But here's here's a little bit of a difference. Michigan this past season gave up 90 yards rushing per game and, and only 3.0 yards per play. Notre Dame gave up 119 at 3.5 yards per play. Right, that That's an area they got to get better. 
they're going to have to get better. Georgia was down this year. Uh, they weren't as good stopping the run this year as they have been in the past. Last year, Georgia only gave up 77 rushing yards per game, 2.9 yards per play. So the last new two national champions – actually, let's go to the last three national champions because we'll look at Georgia again in 2021. Georgia gave up 78.9 yards per game rushing and 2.6 per rush in 21 and 22. They gave up 2.9 yards per rush and 77 yards per game. And then this year, Michigan gave up 90 yards per game and only three-point yards per carry. Now, Notre Dame took a jump this season. There's no doubt about that. They did take a jump, but they need to get better, and that's that's a key. And, and to me, a, a big area for that could be just, again, more disruptions from the front in the run game. You know, So, again, you went from in 2022, they were at 131 yards per game, 3.9 per play. This year they were 3.5 yards per play, 119 per game. I've said before, that's a little skewed by the numbers in the bowl game against a team that was missing three to four starters. And so you have to take that into account, that they did not have that same level of play all season. Don't want to discredit it, but you have to take it in the proper context. So if the the front and linebackers can be more disruptive in the run game, more early down stuffs and tackles for loss, then that's going to, to me, make the defense as a whole a lot better. And then if you just continue, just just match what you did pass rush-wise this year, you're going to have a truly, truly championship elite-level defense. There's a lot of talent coming back in the front seven. you got a lot of talent coming back in the secondary. You're going to lose a lot at linebacker, but what you're, what you're getting is um, – what you're getting is <sighs> – more athleticism, more size, more power, those type of things. But you, you may get more mistakes, but that's also why the run defense has to get better. It does. I don't know that – I don't believe Notre Dame has to, to hold teams to 77 yards per game because Georgia's different. Georgia needs to be that kind of team because of the league they play in, the type of defense they play. It's more of a – a be stout, be physical, fly to the ball, shut down the run type of team. They're not a team that's ever been a great sack team, you know, high, high pressure team. They've never been that. It's just stout. It's just physical. It's going to beat you up. Notre Dame doesn't need to match that. Michigan is a lot like Georgia in that regard. So I don't think Notre Dame has to match those numbers. They don't have to get down to 90 or 79 to say that's the best defense in college football. I do think they need to take another 10 or so off of their current number but not have it be 10 or so because it's inflated because you had a held a, you know, let's say you hold Miami of Ohio to two yards rushing or Northern Illinois to three yards rushing. It's got to be a consistently better across the board production. And if you can be more disruptive there, then I think that makes the defense overall as a whole a lot more productive. And then of course there's going to be some games where you've got to make sure your defense is getting this kind of pressure packages in the big games. That's obviously going to be a big key for Notre Dame next year. But I think as, as I showed in this breakdown that, that the Notre Dame defense this season was one of the best pass rushing defenses in college football. Um, UCLA is the only one who can match that. Even if you take Notre Dame sort of at the same number that they were, is really the only one that kind of comes close to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame still, if if you if you look at the numbers, I'd have to go back and, and look at it. Let me see what I didn't count you at UCLA's dropbacks. I kind of stopped about halfway through. It was definitely more than Notre Dame's. So you have to take that into account. 
But there's no doubt that what Notre Dame showed this year is that they can get after the quarterback as well as anybody in the country. It's not always going to manifest itself in sack numbers. We have to understand that. doesn't mean that sacks aren't important, but you have to look at the overall disruption numbers, pass breakups, interceptions, hits on the quarterback. All those things are going to factor in to, to, uh, to where that is. So I'm going to take a little break here again just briefly. Before we dive into the final recruiting thing, we do have some. I am going to do a, a mini mailbag, so I have some questions that are in there now, uh, and and we'll we'll get those all those things going. I'm not sure how many I'm going to be able to add to it uh, once the show gets started, but if you do a super chat, obviously I'll see that. But we'll do a mini mailbag. But next, I'm going to spend about 15, 20 minutes kind of breaking down the class, uh, the Notre Dame recruiting class, go over my rankings and just a, a brief kind of what I expect from these players, why I had them where they are. And you can throw in some questions. I'll do my best to star them if I see them. But I've got 12 right now. But if you can get them in, Super Chats, obviously, we, we see right away. But if you get some of those in as well, put an MB on there. I'll try my best to get to those. But it is it, it can be hard when I'm doing a solo show. So I'll be back here in a minute. Do me a favor. While I'm gone, I'm going to be gone about 10, 15 seconds. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. And please give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. And, of course, if you have not done so, Sign up for the message boards at boards on archbreakdown.com.